one of the major lessons I've learned is to learn to trust God more. Here in the U.S., I've just learned to trust God, look to Him as my Father. He will reward those who serve Him diligently. And it may not come on your own terms and your own timing, but God is not one who forgets your labor of love. He will always reward you and rewards you big time. I see the walls before me, I feel the cages forming. Seems like the world is falling, but I keep my head up the ground. I see the world before me, I know what change is coming. I hear the world is calling, so I keep my head up the ground. We break into everything. We break into everything. Hello and welcome to the Barrier Breakers Corner, where we shift mindsets around various topics such as family, finance, relationships, dreams and visions, and most importantly, opportunities and how to walk into them. We want to annihilate the assumption that we cannot break barriers. Let me tell you this today. There is more on the other side of you breaking that barrier that you would never know unless you do. We break into everything. Hello and welcome to the Barabricus Corner where we step out on faith and defy the odds. I am your host, Joyce Donker. Today we have our Barabricus of the month of October 2023. He's none other than an amazing friend and brother, Dr. Olushola Ogunleye. He's going to tell us his story, his journey. I can't wait to hear all the inside scoops of how he got to where he is today. So please, Dr. We all call him Shola. So Dr. Shola, please introduce yourself. <laughs> Hi, Joyce. Thank you so much for having me. My name is Olushola Ogunleye. I'm currently an internal medicine hospitalist. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So, so welcome. So, and I'm thinking of where to start. Whether to say he just recently got married, not engaged, married to one of our barrier breakers. When was this? I think it was 2020 or 2021, April, Dr. Titi. So we are so glad that this happened. Congratulations on your recent wedding. Why am I saying engagement? (laughs) Thank you so much. You're welcome. So basically, I just wanted to start by asking, I don't know, this is a Nigerian thing. Most Nigerians want their kids to be doctors, lawyers, something, you know? (laughs) But is this the journey to becoming a doctor? Was this your parents' idea or was this something that you desired to become? Yeah, thank you for that question. I think for me, this is actually my own desire. My parents never at any time tried to cajole me or try to influence me to be a doctor. I actually don't really have any antecedents in my family. I'm the first in my family to become a doctor. And my parents were always encouraging me to be whatever I want to be. They were going to encourage me to whatever line I wanted to go in terms of academics and professional lineage, I mean, professional trajectory. So it was my own idea. There were some experiences growing up that actually made me interested in becoming a doctor. So some of those family members were dealing with some health conditions and I observed them going to the emergency department 
frequently. And I was really curious to see what was going on. And as I was growing up as a child, I didn't really understand what was happening. But as I grew older in my teenage years, I began to understand what kind of disease they had and made me much more curious. And I wanted to be able to bring help to them, bring healing to them and to other people in my community who also had such health challenges. And I also observed that in my community that there was not good access, there was poor access to healthcare, to good healthcare services. So I was really inspired to go on to become a doctor to help bring and healing and bring access to good healthcare to people in my family and in my community. I like that because sometimes people are wondering what they want to become, what they want to do. And it's all around you, basically. Everything that you need to be, everything that you want to do, if you just look at the things that is around you and you realize, oh, these are something I could do. And you need to always start somewhere. You might not even have a clearer vision of what you want to become, but if you can just find a way and means to help someone, you realize how you will tap into something that will lead you to that thing which you need to be. For anyone out there, that is feeling like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to become. You know, you're not too old or too young to be anything in this world. Just look at your community. What is it that is lacking there and see how best you can help them. And can you elaborate more on how your parents encouraged you? Because like I said earlier, it's, I feel like it's a Nigerian thing that, you know, their parents want them to become either a doctor or a lawyer or like in accountant or something. I think it's an African thing too. But how did your parents encourage you and not impose onto you their idea of who you should be? Yeah, I think my parents were very encouraging. I think one of the things I should mention is that I was very good with math growing up. And some of my dad's friends were trying to encourage him to try to impose on me to do something like engineering, for example. So what my dad had always said that he would not impose anything on me. He's going to encourage me to go with my heart, to go with what I love to do. So he did not try to impose anything on me. He was really encouraging. And I was not only good at math, I was good at other things too. I was good with biology, good with chemistry. And I really had a passion for health. So he encouraged me to go along that line. And my mother as well, they both encouraged me. They did not want to impose anything on me or try to decide for me yeah so because my dad was a professor as well at the university and he understood what the process was and how the academic line goes and all that but he was really not biased in any way toward any specific field of training and they were willing to let me go with my heart that's really good what they did right there because I see that he was a professor. <laughs> you expect that he'd be like, you have to be this because they kind of see, it's like they kind of see what the future is going to be like. So they kind of like have to impose and say, this is the best way to go or something. But I had to raise that up because sometimes parents impose on their kids what they need to become or what they want them to be. But I've heard stories of kids that have come back and say, you know, here is your certificate. This is what you wanted me to do. Here is your certificate to you. Now I'm going to do what I want to do, you know. And <laughs> after so many years of studies, so many years of going to school and paying money for that, that money is like gone to waste and your kid decides to go and do something else. So it's better you let your kids be whoever they want to become. Yes, guide them. Yes, advise them. But allow them to be what they want to be so that they can have that fulfillment, you know, knowing that 
okay, yes, I did this and I really enjoyed. And you see how they would enjoy what they are doing. If they don't like it, at least they know that they made that decision. You know, it's one thing to advise them and then they go and do what you want. At the end of the day, they didn't enjoy it. But it's one thing that you guide and advise them and then they go and do what they want. And then if they find out that they don't like it, well, you know, they can now retrace their steps and say, maybe what mommy and daddy were saying was really correct. Let me go and do that. Or they find something else along the way. But guiding them and directing them is key, even in that area when they're still trying to figure out what they want to become. And I think that's what your parents did for you, and which is a really great thing to do. I should also mention something quickly. I think it's not just because I was going into medicine. Some people might say, okay, yes, medicine is something that parents are always proud of and always desire for their children. And that's why they encouraged me. Not just because of that. My brothers as well, they did the same for them. They encouraged my brothers to, because I have two older brothers, just three boys in my family. And so they also encouraged my brothers to pursue what they had in their hearts to do. His older brother studied industrial design. And then it sounded very strange that someone would be going to industrial design because nobody really knew what it was until he eventually And my parents encouraged him to go with his heart. My oldest brother studied biochemistry and that's what he wanted to do as well. And my parents encouraged him too. My dad's field was geology. He didn't really enforce that on anybody. And I think that's very important. That it's not just about this course of the professional one is going to about how prestigious it is or whatever, or how highly regarded it is. It's about just encouraging your children to go with their heart. As long as what they're doing is something that is noble and that is what they desire to do. Um, that is what God is leading them to do. Yeah, that's really good. I applaud your parents for being an encouragement, even in that time, knowing that in those days, it was like my word or the highway, <laughs> you know, do what I'm telling you to do or <laughs> you leave my house. But God bless them for having that intuition and guidance to not impose on you guys, but to be there to direct and help you in your journey in career wise. Another question that I had is, what is one thing or what is that one thing that you saw that made you want to go into being a doctor? Because you mentioned that you have realized in your area or in certain places that you've been to that people needed healing people. There were certain things that was needed in that area that was not available. So what is one story that you could share that made you know that, you know what, this is what I really want to do. This is what I really want to push for, if you can remember. Yeah, right now I don't really think of any specific experience, but I had always prayed about what I should do because I was saved right from my childhood and I had been praying about it and trusting God. To think about it, I actually did think about doing engineering initially. I was going to do engineering, uh, computer engineering specifically. But the more I prayed about it, the more I realized that this is what God wanted me to do. And I saw it also as a means for ministry because I thought one of the ways that one of the last persons that a human being will encounter before they die is a doctor. So if it can be an instrument that God will use to bring them to him at their weakest, because when people come in sick, they are vulnerable. And when they are point of death, they are vulnerable as well. If it can be an instrument in the hands of God to lead them to him at those times, then this would be a good field for me to go into. I also thought about professions. I didn't just want to sit down at a desk and do my job. I didn't just want to, I'm not saying that anything like that is bad, other jobs, I'm not saying that. <laughs> but that's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to be able to use my hands, use my mind to impact people's lives, one person at a time. I didn't just want to be in the background. I wanted to be able to encounter people's lives 
attachment because people will come in contact with me so many times. I wanted to be able to impact people's lives one at a time. And I saw that being a doctor would be a great platform for doing that, for entering the kingdom of God and bringing healing and wholeness to people, spirit, soul, and body. Yeah, I like that part that you said you prayed about it because it reminds me when I was in ninth grade, I... You know, when you're young and they ask you what you want to become, I never had anything in my mind that I wanted to become. I didn't know what I wanted to become when I was young. So when I was in ninth grade, I remember in, I don't know whether they do this in Nigeria, but in Gambia, where I grew up, when you're going to 10th grade, there are different classes. So for high school, so they have the arts class, they have the science class, they have the commerce class. So commerce is business. So in my mind, like I'm finishing ninth grade, I'm going to 10th grade. I don't know what I want to become. That's where you start from. So I started praying about it and I was asking God, like how or where does he want me to be? I didn't know. I just knew then that if you're going to science class, you're going to be a doctor. And I was like, I don't want to see no blood. I don't want to see nobody. <laughs> I don't want to work in a hospital. <laughs> So I asked that off. In that time as well, I knew that going to arts class, you wanted to become a lawyer. It's now that, you know, after I've graduated also that I knew that there was more to being in the science class and more to be in the arts class. But at that time, I only knew that be going to the science class was becoming a doctor. Like my mindset was so limited and going to the arts class was being going to become a lawyer. And I was like, I don't know how to talk back then. Now I talk more than, <laughs> but when I was young, I was very reserved and more of an introvert than an outrovert. I'm not saying, is that an outrovert? No, that's not the word. What's the word? Extrovert. Extrovert. <laughs> an extrovert. I was more, I'm not saying I'm an extrovert. I'm not an extrovert. I'm, I think I'm in between now. But back then it was really bad. I was more of an introvert. And I was like, there is no way I can become a lawyer. So in prayer, I think with that limited mindset, maybe that's how God allowed it to become. I was like, I'm just going to go into the business class. It's not like I was good in math. It's not like I was good in, you know, all those figures and things. But I was like, I don't want to be a doctor. I don't want to be a lawyer. And I feel like God led me into business, even though now I do audit and all of that. I feel like I'll be in business like Barabek has gone up basically, even though it's a nonprofit, it's a business, you know, and I feel like there's so many other things that are going to come along the way. And I just feel like because of that prayer back then, God has really ordered my steps to where I am today. I still don't have a full picture of maybe what I want to become. However, I know that's in the line of business. And so prayer is very, very important. And I believe that it's what your parents instilled in you. If they didn't instill that in you, I don't think you have that mindset to even start praying about your career. And so whoever is listening, wherever you are, start praying about where you want to go. Even now, as you were talking, I'm like, okay, God, I need to still continue praying as where you want to lead Barabek as gone, as where you want to lead me career-wise. You know, of course, like you said, you never like to be at the desk. When I started working in the office, I was like, no way. I don't like to be at a desk. <laughs> I don't enjoy being at a desk. I'm kind of like the person that wants to work things out, you know, organize stuff, manage things, but not be at the desk. And I know eventually I'll be out of there, but whatever God wanted me to learn in the seasons of my life, I need to take that on. And then eventually when I move out of that, I can use some of these skills for the future. 
So wherever you are, prayer is very important. Instill that in your kids, put that in yourself, wherever you are going. I know there was one Barabrika of the month that had come on and said every new month, like every first of the month or the last day of the month before a new month, she always prays about her business, commits her business into God's hands. And I thought that was really, really important. I think I had a guest on one of my episodes on the podcast that mentioned that she prays for her followers. And I was like, that is very key. The people that you know, are following you on your social media platform. She was praying for them. And I was like, that was a great idea. It's like, you have your job, you're praying for your boss, you're praying for your colleagues, you know, even as a doctor, you're praying for your patients, right? So prayer is very key, even in this area of our lives. Like we can't even do without it. I'm so glad that you brought that up because that's what has really led you. God has really directed you through the prayers that you have prayed. He has ordered your steps to becoming who you are today. And I know you're doing extremely well at what you're doing and all of that. So if you could to touch on the challenges you face to becoming a doctor, what were some of the challenges you'd come across? Well, I think for me, because I did my training in Nigeria, I got my medical degree in Nigeria. So getting into medical school wasn't so difficult, I would say, because I went to a federal government university. So those most of the tuition was subsidized, as you say, subsidized by the government. And then so my parents didn't have to pay so much for me to go to medical school. I think the main challenge was the training was very rigorous. So there's a lot of months in school. I did not go on breaks at the same time that other regular I shouldn't say regular people in other courses were going on breaks. So it was pretty intense. They spend several months in school, take so many exams. Like every month you take like maybe two or three exams every month. So you take so many assessments. So it was pretty intense. Point I was wondering, who asked me to study medicine? (laughs) (laughs) Now who sent me? Uh, Who sent me? Yeah. So I thought about that at some point. I said, wow, why am I doing this? What am I doing here? Because it became very intense at some point there to the point of almost giving up saying that this is too much. There's just too much information. Too much was expected of me throughout my training. And over there in Nigeria, I would say at that time, I don't know how it is now, but we didn't really have access to so many of the technological aids to help improve learning or the visual aids like that to help improve learning. It was all reading and writing and all that stuff. So it was a little difficult training in that area, in that part of the world. But I had encouragement. I had people who had gone ahead of me who were encouraging. I had friends that I was going along with as well. So we encouraged ourselves. We encouraged ourselves in the Lord as well, knowing that this was not just a profession. It's also a calling. So it is a calling. I gave it my best and trusted God for grace and God came through. So I would say the major challenge was not financial. It was, because I know in many parts of the world, it's very expensive medical school. Major challenge was with the intensity of the training. We go to medical school right from high school. So it's different than the way it's done in the US and some other countries where you have to do an undergraduate degree before you go to medical school. So we go right from high school and we do at least six years in medical school. So very lengthy training and very intense. So that was the major challenge for me then, the intensity and the length of the training. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when you said that, I just was like, you know, sometimes when we pray and God answers our prayers, we expect it to be smooth sailing. <laughs> the fact that he called you or he showed you this path or who, whatever someone may be doing, you know, if God called you to a place, It's not that when you enter that place or that season, it's going to be smooth sailing. There's going to be a stretching. There's going to be work that is going to be done. And thank God that you have the right people around you that encouraged you because, listen, 
sometimes. <laughs> These things can be really tough and you don't even know what to do if you don't have the right people around you. Because like, for example, when I moved to my apartment or even when I moved to US, you know, I know that God led me to come. I didn't come just by my own power. And so I was like, okay, so if God is saying this, then of course there must be something here that he wants me to do. But I think at that time I was probably, should I say naive or not even understanding how God operates. But I've come to realize that sometimes when God will send you, sometimes it's like, it's going to be a stretching. There's going to be a lot of learning to do. There's going to be a lot of changes that will take place. And it would not be easy, not even mine. It would not be easy. And so you have to keep encouraging yourself. I remember my first year in US, you know, I was like, oh my God, like you said, who sent me? Like, and you start doubting yourselves. Like, did God really actually speak? <laughs> did God actually direct me here? Even when I moved here at some point, I'm like, did I really make the right choice of moving? But again, I look at all the highs, you know, the learnings that I've learned, the person I'm becoming you know, the changes that I'm trying to put in place so that I can be better. If I hadn't taken that step of faith out of my comfort zone, because where I was, I was very comfortable. You know, if I had not taken a step out of faith on leaving my comfort zone for higher, the things that I've learned this year, I wouldn't have learned them. So, you know, maybe you can touch on some of the lessons you have learned in those challenging period. Yes, thank you for that. As you mentioned also that for some other people, getting into medical school in Nigeria was a big challenge. But for me, uh, it was an easy process. So getting into medical school and then graduating from medical school, I finished at the right time. And some other people that I know had to repeat some classes and stayed longer in medical school. So everything seemed to be going smoothly for me up until the time I finished from medical school. <laughs> and then <laughs> after medical school, I did one year of housemanship. That's like an internship in Nigeria, which is mandatory to get your full practice license. And then I went to serve for one year with the National Youth Service Corps in Nigeria. I was posted to a remote village in one of the states in central Nigeria where I served for one year. And then during this time, during my housemanship and my one year of youth service, I took an exam called the primaries. And that exam was to help me get into residency in Nigeria. So I passed the exams as well. Everything went well. The first time I took the exams, I passed for two of the postgraduate medical colleges in Nigeria. Unlike some other people, I tried multiple times and did not pass. So everything was going well. But then I decided to apply for residency in Nigeria. I applied to hospitals and I thought, okay, I have met all the requirements. I have passed the primaries at one sitting. And I have for two colleges. You just need one college, not even two colleges. I have for two colleges. I felt, okay, even be overqualified for this. So I applied to so many places, went for interviews. None of them took me. Hmm. Went on for two years. So I ended up working as a general practitioner for two years. After I finished my youth service, I worked as a general medical practitioner for two years. And during this time, I kept applying for residency in different places, but I didn't get taken. So I kept wondering what's going on. And it was during this time, I remember that someone had actually talked to me. Some of my family friends at church had tried to encourage me to come to the US. And that is, I can do get better training here and get a better life here. And I also began to think more about it and pray about it as well. And I began to feel also that the Lord was leading me to come to the U.S. too. So I decided to come and do a master public health degree in the U.S. As my the rationale for doing that was to apply a public health approach to my medical practice, like a preventive approach to it, and also to gain access into the U.S. so I can take my 
medical licensing exams to help me get into residency. So because I wasn't really familiar with the process from the start, I had to start taking those exams after I got to the U.S. I did the actually. I've been taking some of them when I was in Nigeria. If I had known earlier, those four years when I was in Nigeria, after I had finished medical school, I would have been taking these two of the exams before coming to the U.S. But then I came and I was doing my master's degree and also studying for the exams at the same time. So it was a little tough to be doing a master's degree and studying for the exams. And so, but I thank God for his grace, for the resources he provided, for the help he provided to also take the exams. One challenge I had then too was with paying for the exams because they were quite expensive. And then God surprised me one day. I will share this testimony. One of the exams that I was to take, I didn't know where the money was going to come from. That was the most expensive of the exams. It was going to cost me $150 to pay for the exam. So I met somebody at my church. She came visiting that day. She was actually a family friend of the pastor. And he had asked her to, not a family, a cousin of the pastor, I mean, not a family friend. So he had asked her to just talk to the people from Nigeria who studied medicine, because she's also a doctor, practicing here in the U.S., just to encourage them and to tell them about her experience and also to encourage them along their journey. So I got talking with her and before I knew it, God asked the administration to pay for my exam. So God used her to pay for that exam that I took. That's really impressed on my heart that God is really invested in me, for me to do. And he would do that if he hasn't sent me here and he has, if I'm not doing what he has called me to do. So I was really impressed and really so grateful to God that someone I never knew in prison when they had to pay for my exam. And so the major challenge after coming to the U.S. was with making time to study and then getting the money to pay for the exams. And after that, if after I had passed the exams, the next challenge was also with getting into residency. <laughs> I didn't get into residency the first time I applied. I got into residency the second year I applied. Oh, wow. Yeah, because my plan initially was to do surgery. Even when I was in Nigeria, I had taken my primary surgery. My plan was to do cardiothoracic surgery, and all my applications were for cardiothoracic surgery. So coming to the U.S. too, that's what I wanted to do as well. I applied mostly to surgery programs in my first time applying for residency. Got no single interview invitation. I also applied to a few in internal medicine and family medicine, and I got one internal medicine interview invitation, but I did not match that year. So I was so discouraged, but... One thing I remember also is that I got to speak with my pastor around that time. And he was telling me that it doesn't have to be surgery. That's the word he gave to me. And when he said that, something just, a reminder came to my heart. God had been telling me that as well. I wasn't listening. Mm. So I said, okay, I have to think more about this. Maybe God is telling me something. Perhaps that's why I didn't even get into it in Nigeria because I had applied. And God knew that that's not what he wanted me to do. Mm-hmm. That's why I didn't get to surgery in Nigeria, even though I met all the requirements. And now again, I applied in my first time. I didn't get in. So my second time of applying for residency, I didn't apply to a single surgery program. And I got multiple interviews in internal medicine. And that's what I went for. And now I wish residency as well. So I would say in terms of these challenges, I know God always with help. It's always good to have people who have gone ahead of you in that field, who are also believers, who we can look up to as mentors. God raised mentors for me, people who will encourage me and people also who are not necessarily doctors, but people who are strong in the faith to be my advisors, to help me along the way. When I was in medical school, one other thing that was really helpful was the Fellowship of Christian Medical Students. We call ourselves the Nigerian Conference of Christian Medical and Dental Students. So we had this fellowship where we met weekly 
we met every week to pray, to share the word, to encourage ourselves, and to also organize tutorials for ourselves. So encourage ourselves in the things of the word of God, in the in spiritual things, and also help to encourage ourselves in our learning as well to become good doctors. So that was really a very strong encouragement to me to through medical school. Yeah, I think those are really good things that you have mentioned because what came to mind was, <laughs> you know, sometimes when we are faced with different situations, we want to hold it in and not talk about it. But, you know, what's that phrase that people say? I think a problem shared is something. I've forgotten the... Oh, something. I can't, I can't remember exactly how it's said. <laughs> yeah. So it's half solved or something like that. But I feel like a lot of times when we go through stuff, we don't want to share with people because we don't want people to see us in a negative light. And sometimes all of these situations may be your fault. It might not be your fault. But having been able to talk about it, it kind of takes a weight off you. And you don't also know where help is going to come from. Imagine if you hadn't have that conversation with the pastor's cousin that came, you know, maybe that help will never have come. But is God even ordering your steps at the end of the day too, you know? And then before you realize, you start talking about stuff that wasn't probably even your intention to even want to talk about, but as you were speaking about it, you know, the help came forth. Even when your pastor talked about, you know, the internal medicine, sometimes we are looking for confirmation and we don't even know how to get it. But as you move into, that's why it's very good to, you know, at least be part of groups and going to church or having, you know, mentors and mentees because not sometimes, but you learn from people, you know, so as God might be speaking to you and you might not even hear or so for me, sometimes I hear a word and I'm like, okay, you know, this is what I want to do. But by the time I hear it three times from other people, then I get my confirmation that, okay, this is what the Lord wants me to do. This way, the direction that God wants me to go. So sometimes, you know, God may be speaking and we're like, oh, you know, I don't think so. But you having to talk about it, you know, and pastor bring, bringing that to light, that was the confirmation you needed to move to the next direction. And looking back to your journey, you talk about how you wasted two years or so, you know, applying for schools that you wanted to go to and not getting it and all of that and eventually moving here. And then the first year trying to get to, you know, residency and not getting it. I'm just saying, the Bible says that all things work together to them that love the Lord. And if you love the Lord, the Lord orders your steps. The Lord works everything together. And guess what? Now you have a wife because if those delays had not happened, if those changes hadn't taken place, listen, I don't think you even be in ASRC right now. Like you wouldn't be in our church. Maybe you'd be in another church or in another state, <laughs> you know, but we don't see what God is doing. Just feel like this is really hard. This is intense. Like, I don't know what God is doing, but at the end of the day, there's something that God has for you. You know, what eyes has not seen, what ears has not heard. It has not even touched the heart of man. Who knew? That if you were coming, you know, there's going to be a blessing attached to it at the end of the day. So for whoever is listening, sometimes it's hard. Even I am encouraged. Even when I was coming on the podcast, I always know that anytime I have to do a podcast, it might be a time that I need a word or something. Always coming on the podcast and having a conversation with any of my podcasters or my guests on the podcast. I've always had an encouragement. Even before I came on the podcast, I knew that I'll be encouraged by this podcast, because I'm in that season where you're like, God, what's happening? You're praying all the praying, you're fasting all the fasting, you know, you're putting in the work, but things don't seem to be going the way you want it. But God is up to something. And at the end of the day, his name will be glorified. At the end of the day, God's name has been glorified in your life. Look at where you are now, a wife, 
a doctor listening. It's <laughs> miracles upon miracles. Yes, I was just going to emphasize what you said. I think that's very important because when I look at my life, I just see how God has been ordering my steps all the while. Even when I didn't want to listen, he showed me, still nudged me on. He still helped me to go in the direction he wanted me to go. Because I could have left Nigeria right after house job and come to the U.S. But I delayed I to go my own way. But God still showed me, helped me. And even when I was to come to the U.S., I had applied to two other master's programs for public health. And I got accepted to both of them, actually. One was in Georgia, one was in California. But I didn't have the money to pay for it. So come in the fall of 2015, and then my semester got deferred to fall of 2016. Wait till then for I come. So I just found out about Liberty University, which is a Christian university. And then I said, okay, let me see if they have a master of public health program. And I looked at it, and they did have one that was going to start in the spring of 2016. And then I got accepted, and God provided the money to come for my first semester. When I came, I didn't really know how I was going to pay for my, the rest of my time there. And I said, God, you ordered my steps here. You take care of the rest. I knew that there was, they had a graduate student assistantship program. I said, I said, I will apply and see if they take me. And then in the program, they never took any new students. They usually take them after you've spent at least a year in the program, not after your first semester. But I was among the first they took after their first semester. So that paid for the rest of my stay in the school. So just thinking about that again, again, that God also ordered my steps to the church I went to over there. They redeemed church. When I was coming to the U.S., I said, I'm not going to attend a Nigerian church. I said, eh. <laughs> a church that is not based in Nigeria. That's what I told myself. I want to go to the mission field, go and minister to Americans. But God had better plans. So he ordered my steps to that church. And that church has been a blessing to me. That church in Lynchburg, Virginia, God has used that to plant me, to help me along my journey. Even coming to ASRC was through that church as well. I tell me to Pastor Charles at ASRC. This has all been God all the way. So like you said, if I had marched into the first time in 2018, I think, yeah, 2018, 2019, I would have met my wife. And then even when I applied the second time and I marched, the place where I marched into in Poughkeepsie was not my first choice. choice was to go somewhere here in Connecticut, actually. And then I didn't there. But God ordered my steps to Poughkeepsie, to the Hudson Valley area, and all that. So it's just to emphasize that God cares about us and God loves us. He makes all things work together for our good. He said, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. Guide you with my eye. Do not be like the horse or like the mule who will not obey without vehicle. So I think many times we want to go our own way. We want to be stubborn. We want to insist on having things our own way. But God is loving. God is caring. And he's still mercy and he helps us to go where he wants us to go. If we will yield to him. The last thing I'll say before I pause is uh, one scripture that God laid upon my heart when I was coming to the U.S. is Isaiah chapter 50 verse 7. It says, Lord God will help me. Therefore, confounded. Therefore, will I set my face like a flint. And I know that I will not be ashamed. Even though I was coming to a new land, didn't really have any family here, didn't really have anybody here, it should held for me. I just came in faith. I kept speaking that, kept declaring that. When I was discouraged, I spoke the word again. And God has always shown himself faithful and shown himself strong through the process. Thanks for sharing that scripture because just before I came on the podcast, I was listening to a message. And the scripture, I think it's in Revelations, and it says, 
God will cause the earth to help you. And I felt that in my spirit and I was, and I like, I was just proclaiming it that God will cause the earth to help me no matter what circumstances. And the Bible says in, is this I'm one one when I lift up my eyes onto the hills, where comes my help? My help coming from the Lord. And so I think for me, that's the word for me today, that God will help me, you know, whatever the circumstance that we face, that I face, that God will help me. I just wanted to share that, you know, that was a confirmation for me. Like I said earlier, sometimes, you know, you want to know whether this is what God says, but he will send confirmation and this is one confirmation for me. So what is the lessons you've learned along the way? What are the lessons? (laughs) Yeah, so for me, I think one of the major lessons I've learned is to learn to trust God more because we try to have things that we can look up to or people we can look up to physically for help. And many times those people disappoint. Many times they don't come through to the extent that we desire. Not because they want to disappoint. Sometimes you just can't help it. They have other things that are calling for their attention and things like that. But coming here to the U.S., I've just learned to trust God, look to Him as my Father and to help meet all my needs and help make everything work well for me. So I think that's one major lesson I've learned because initially when I came, there were some challenges with finances and there's a time when I didn't even know where my rent was going to come from, but God came through. God has always come through. So I think learning to trust God is a big lesson I've learned. And then one of the lessons I've learned is that it pays to serve the Lord because when I think about it now, I'm not bragging on myself in any way. I'm bragging on the Lord because there were several of us in my cohort who came into the U.S. around the same time who are all doctors, especially over there in my program in Liberty University. And we all wanted to go into residency. But now when I think about it, it's only me among that cohort that has gone through residency and has finished. Now I'm still trying to get in. Some of them have given up on the process. When I think about it too, I just know it's the mercy of God, it's the grace of God. But I think it's also one other thing that's important to mention is that I was committed to serving the Lord. I was committed with God and being effective in the kingdom of God. That's what made me get into residency. I'm not saying that that's what made the difference, but I'm just saying that God is a rewarder. It's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. It's a reward of those who submit themselves to Him and willing to be used of Him and to make an impact in the world. Yeah, so I think... This scripture also comes to my mind, Matthew 6, verse 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and will be added to you. So I think that's another lesson I've learned that indeed it pays to serve the Lord. He will reward those who serve him diligently. And it may not come on your own terms and your own timing, but God is not one who will forget your labor of love. He will always reward you and rewards you big time. Yeah. Amen. That's so true. Talking about even moving and where you are now, even when I look at my life as well, moving here, where I started from to where I am today, it can only be God. And looking at people who even had started the journey before me, and I may not have gotten what you know I want, what my greatest desire is, even in the U.S. However, I feel like even where I am today, you know, is by the grace of God and just the work, our commitment to God, our service to Him. You know, being intentional about what you do with God, and like you said in Matthew six thirty three, that seek you first the kingdom of God, and every other thing shall be added unto you. And sometimes we kind of lose faith along the way, but if you just keep trusting Him, like you said, He is the great provider. And he will provide for you in no matter what the circumstance is. And so just taking a step of faith is really about you taking a step of faith. The Bible says faith without works is dead. And so 
can't just have faith. You know, you have to put in the work and God will meet you at the point of your need. God will blow your mind, you know, in ways that you never thought. It can only be God. So trust in him in through the season seven, you know, no matter how hard it is, just committed to serving. God is faithful to see you through. He that began a good work in you is faithful to see you through. One of the questions I do ask on Barabekas Corner is, what do you wish you know now that you wish you had known when you were younger? If you had known this when you were younger, maybe it will help the trajectory of your life. It will help you better in your life or where you are today. <laughs> I think one thing that I think would have been good to have known earlier would be to spend time to know the will of God. Because thinking about my journey to this point, I know there are some steps I could have, there's some long waits, or some journeys I shouldn't have taken. <laughs> Listen to the Lord and pay attention to hear Him well. As we are so in a hurry to do things and we go with what we think is right, take the time to understand what God wants us to do and then follow His voice. I think that's something that I would have spent more time to do. God is faithful, even when we take a wrong turn, because I think about the maps when you're driving and you take a wrong turn. But you might not get that point at the same time where you were supposed to get it before. Let's say you're supposed to get in within 15 minutes, you take a detour, follow where the map says you should go. You might get there within 30 minutes, but you took a longer time to get So I think it's important to take the time to hear God and to follow his leading to where you're supposed to get to at the right time. I mean, don't waste energy, don't waste time. So I think that's something that I would really love to know earlier to learn to spend time to do God's will. One other thing that would have been helpful, professionally speaking, was to have had more information about the U.S. medical system. In Nigeria, growing up, going to school at the area where I went to school, it was in northern Nigeria. At that time, there was much information about the U.S. medical system. Many people in the South were well equipped with the information about how they should take some of the exams before they finish medical school so that once they are done, they leave the country and then come to the U.S. and can start residency early. Mm -hmm. For us over there in the North, we lacked most of that information. That's why it took so long. That's another reason why long for me to make a decision and to come because I wasn't really sure of how things worked. I was wanted to go with what I was sure of and then what I was sure also didn't work for me. Yeah, so I think information, having information is important about what you want to do, about where you want to go and how to get there is very important because sometimes we just want to go with the flow instead of taking the time to research about it and to learn how to do and what are the implications, how to get there. So those are two things I think are very important. Yeah, that's good. Information is key because sometimes if you don't have the right information, you just be going round and round in circles and... <laughs> you know, before getting to where you need to be. And sometimes it causes delay. And But like you said, even when God reroutes us, there might be a little delay. Sometimes even the rerouting on the maps, you still get it at the same time, but there is a rerouting that took place, you know. So God is God enough. He knows the end of the thing before the beginning and he will lead you, you know, as to how you're supposed to go. Sometimes those rerouting, in that rerouting, you'll learn because by the time the next, you face another giant, you may know how to maneuver you know, because you have learned that lesson and you don't even want to have another delay. So you're like, you know what? I don't even want to. <laughs> Let me go the God way. I think I said this on Sunday or so about the fact that, yes, we have free will. But if we are true to ourselves, we want to go the God way. Because like I've come to the point in my life that sometimes I'm praying, I'm like, God, I know there are some places that I'm letting your will be done. And there are some areas in my life I'm like, mm, let me just do it my way. But I really want to just surrender everything to you. And like the song that we sing, I surrender all to you. 
are we really surrendering all to him? Because if we are really surrendering all, you know, as doubts may come, fears may come, but we'll have that peace of mind that God, I laid everything at your feet. And so coming to that point of surrendering and like, God, your will over my will, that's one of my prayers, your will over my will, your purpose over my purpose. Because I remember when I was praying one day, I was like, God, if you're not in this, take me out. Like, I don't want to go where you're not going to go. Like Moses said in the Bible, he was like, God, if you know, you're the one who led us here. But you are telling me you're not going to go with me. If you're not going to go with me, then I don't want to go, you know, because how are we supposed to proceed further? So I've come to that point where it's like, God, if you're not in this, just take me out because I don't want to be holding on to something that God has already left. You know, I don't want to still be at a place where God is no longer there. You know, I want to be where God is because in that place you flourish, in that place you have peace of mind and you're able to move forward. What advice have you got for anyone out there that feel like, okay, either wanting to become a doctor or wanting to become anything that they want to be. And they're like, life is hard. This is too hard. I can't move on. I can't break barriers. What advice have you got for them to encourage them? Yeah, my advice to them will be, you can do it. It's, you've got all that it takes. I'm mentioning so many scriptures, but like Philippians 4 verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And like another verse says, I can do all things through Christ who infuses me with strength. As long as it's God that is leading you, God will give you all that it takes. He will give all the strength and all the resources. He will bring the destiny helpers. It all takes being bold, having faith in God, taking a big step of faith and trusting God all the way. He says, those who are like Mount Zion that will not be moved. Those who trust him will be put to shame. So I think no matter how difficult it seems, no matter how daunting, how taxing that thing that God has laid in your heart to do is, you can do it. Because when God makes provision as well, it might seem tough. Yes, the journey might not be smooth, might be tough, but he is able to carry you through and he's able to help you to get to the finish point. He says he knows the plans he has for us, plans of good out of evil, to bring us to an expected end. So God is the one who will bring you to that point and he will not let you fall. So I think be encouraged that you can do it. You've got all that it takes. With God on your side, you have everything you need to do it. Thank you for that. With God on your side, you have everything that you need to do it. So go out there, take that step of faith. I've realized that sometimes God is just waiting on us to take that step and he'll meet you right there. Because I can't remember the stories or the times that I'll take that step of faith or I'll be going somewhere. And as I'm going, the need comes and meets me, you know. So it's like, if I hadn't gone that route, you know, I would never get that need. And you'll be sitting down there getting worried about what to do. How do I get there? And sometimes it's hard because some of those steps are big steps. <laughs> but if you just take those little ones, you get to be where God needs you to be and in his will. So thank you, Dr. Shola, for coming on. I really do appreciate this. I know we've been going around and trying to fix a perfect time, but this was just great. And I feel like it's a much needed time. Even I was encouraged by your story and I hope it encourages other people out there. Thank you so much for being on here. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to the Barrier Breakers Corner podcast. If you liked what you heard, please give us a five-star review and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, share with those you think can benefit from this information. Please email all questions, suggestions, and compliments to the Podcast at gmail.com. The Barrier Breakers Corner Podcast is produced by the Podcast Laundry Production Company and executive produced by 
Joyce Donkor. The podcast music was written by Chidi Omenihu and produced by Andy Official in the Gambia, West Africa. Cause they-